And here is your host, Dr. Tony Beam. If only it was Tony Beam, it's Dave Wilson, Justin Hall, and Mitch Prosser from Palmetto Family joining you this morning for a great morning of talk while Tony is getting ready for the March for Life. They're shaking their heads at me right now. You nearly hit You were supposed to hit the post. close to hitting the post. And now you're talking over Twilight. You know... Tony does this. Tony goes to, wait, wait, wait. The, for all of you, you can leave the music up because you got to have it because Tony has all of the accolades that Tony does. Brazier Campus. Brazier Campus, uh, the head of the. Host of Christian Worldview. Oh, that's this. That's this uh, show. Okay. Wait, wait. He does stuff, do stuff with the South Carolina Baptist Convention. Yes, he's the pu- um, pu- public policy. He's no. But he's also. He, he's, I'm waiting. I, what else is North, North Greenville, where Christ, Christ makes, makes a difference. difference. Yes. There you go. Tony. It's He's in Washington. See. He's in Washington. In balmy 40-degree weather. It's 40 degrees right now in, in Washington, D.C. I love it. What's March the for Life here? 2023. Like, the very first March for Life post-Roe. What an is. exciting time to be in D.C. It is really great to be and with everybody this morning. Warm. Again, Dave Wilson uh, with Palmetto Family, along with my fantastic colleagues. You heard Justin Hall with us yesterday. Mitch Prosser decided to make the drive up from Columbia yesterday. Mitch? Excited to be here. It is really it's great. Be a fun day. So for those of you who are who are uh, new to what we do at Palmetto Family, we'd love to have you uh, learn a little bit more as we go. PalmettoFamily.org is where you can find information about the work that we do in Columbia and the public policy work to be uh, standing up for family-related issues across the state of South Carolina. And we're really bringing the Palmetto Family Matters podcast on the road. I mean, that's really, we aren't changing what we do. <laughs> we, we uh, really if you listen, not. If you listened yesterday, and thank you uh, to, to those of you who called in and interacted on, on the Facebook live stream and, um, and didn't text me during the show, appreciate that. Uh, but we're basically doing the same thing. Right. And, and if you haven't heard, it's the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. you get the slug line right today, please? We only only said it it. twice yesterday. We're at one now. Guys, I I wanted to start with something, um, because if you're you're new to what we do, um, I just kind of just start talking, and Dave and Mitch can jump in whenever they like. (laughs) Um, We have, uh, obviously, Governor McMaster was recently, as Dave put it so eloquently yesterday, re-inaugurated. Um, as governor, he was, and and so there was a governor before him. Shockingly, if you're not old enough to remember, there were governors before him. Wait, I thought, he, but you have to keep in mind for the last fifty years, he has wanted to be governor of South Carolina. Correct, and and at one point, this person also wanted to be governor, but it appears that she just she wanted might, more. She might want a little bit more. Well, so it was a great day in South Carolina. Well done, and that started with her. Well done, uh, former South Carolina governor and. UN ambassador. That's where really she gained the notoriety deal. nationwide. Uh, Nikki Haley was on with Brett Baer last night. Brett Baer, special report, uh, fair and balanced, and um, and unafraid. And unafraid. She was asked the question about running for president, and she said, uh, "When you're looking at a run for president, you look at two things. You first look at does the current situation push for new." The second question is, am I that person that could be the new leader? You know, on the first question, you can look all across the board. Domestic, foreign policy, you can look at, you know, inflation going up, economy shrinking, government getting bigger, you know, small business owners not being able to pay their rent, big businesses getting these bailouts. All of these things warrant the fact that, yes, we need to go in a new direction. So can I be that leader? Yes. But we're still looking through things. (laughs) We'll figure it out. That's basically a, yeah, I'm running for president, but... But maybe, I can't maybe tell not. you yet. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, maybe, sort of. So here's the question I will pose to you guys. Number one, is she running? 
Yes. Number two. Okay, I answered the first question already. Okay, yeah, so number two, we know easy. we know forty five is running. Yes, and the wild card in all this is John Bolton. <laughs> don't, don't forget John Bolton, man. Um, but he has a great mustache. He does. He does, and he love he loves him some more. What are what are the odds? What are the odds of Nikki Haley making it deep in the primaries here? I, I, we can't forecast how she how she does here. Define deep into the primaries, though, because uh, a lot of people have a lot of different ideas about what deep into the primaries. Are we talking past Super Tuesday? Are we talking they make it all the way to first in the South in South Carolina, past New Hampshire and Iowa? Or is that what we're well, talking? You got to get past here. I mean, if she if she does. I mean, let's most be, political let's candidates don't even make it out of South Carolina. They're, I mean, South Carolina is the true test. The reason it's first in the South is because it's it's demographically very close to the constant makeup of the 50 states as right. they are. So most people don't make it out of South Carolina because we we're pretty tough we, on we political chew, candidates. We do politically chew people up and spit people out. And, yes, and we, we talked we talked about that yesterday and the fact that. You know, candidates are going to have to go to New Hampshire. They're going to have to go to Iowa. Well, actually, they start in Iowa. They go to New Hampshire, and then they come here. And by the time they South Carolina's primary, which is going to be sometime in the February of 2024 Four. time frame, mm-hmm. so about 13 months from now, we're going to be having a presidential preference primary yes. on the Republican side in South Carolina. Now, ironically, this is how important South Carolina yes. is. Remember, it was... Joe Biden, because of what Jim Clyburn, the representative out of the 6th District, which is Columbia all the way down to the Battery in Charleston, don't talk about gerrymandering at that moment, but he endorsed Joe really, Biden and really took, well him, lines. took him out of 4th or 5th place, depending upon which race you were talking about, and launched him into Super Tuesday. Well, he went from 4th in Iowa to 5th in New Hampshire. So that was kind of like, well, he was. it's kind of like how the White House is going right now. He was on his last leg well, then as he is now. Right. The other thing to think about as we look at Iowa and then New Hampshire and then South Carolina, they are three totally different electoral processes. Iowa, Iowa, the Hawkeye Caucus, easy for you to say. The the caucus where people convene, they do it late at, some of them do it late at night, like right at midnight. Don't they stand in corners of the room? They do, they do. do. It's it's very similar similar to the way a straw poll would be done, except you're right, in many cases they go to different corners of the room. There are 99 counties. Then New Hampshire is retail politics. I mean, that is Grippet and Grinnet. I mean, you've got to go kiss diners, diners, kissing babies. Uh, you know, cutting ribbons, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you get to South Carolina, and it's an admixture of the two. So you get the retail politics side of it where you've got to go to, you know, the blue blue roof in Aiken County, and you've got to hit the Waffle House tour across the state. And at the same time, you're dealing with the big donors and all that kind of stuff. South Carolina is where it really kicks off. And and since we're in the upstate, I think I could say that the upstate has played a key factor oh, in, in Republican yeah. and Democratic uh, primaries for a long time. And does the winner and, and for the winner of the Iowa caucus, you know, the the line they say, they're like, is this heaven? No, it's Iowa. No. And so <laughs> Ask Rick for, Santorum. Right. So for <laughs> for Governor Haley, obviously she's got to make it out of South what's gonna be interesting is South Carolina could possibly have two candidates running for Very president true. with Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, which would divide the ballot here in South Carolina. I don't know how evenly split it would be. I think but if, I think one's 
probably considered more likable right now. But if you throw 45 into the mix and then you throw Ron DeSantis into the mix, what that looks like past uh, Iowa and New Hampshire is they get roll into South Carolina. And all of those teams who have enough money will already have a team here on the ground. Sure. It's not like they're going to pick up their they're, entire operation and move it and, from well, state. And that's the whole, that's the whole point. They're is playing that, So So President Trump, former President Donald Trump, is going to be coming to South Carolina on the 28th of January, that's Saturday week, Yes, down in Columbia, he's going to be holding a rally at the State House, announcing kind of, sort of, his, his leadership, leadership team. team. We know that Lindsey Graham and, and Henry McMaster, as we talked about yesterday, are going to be a part of that. Yeah. And, you know, Henry McMaster owes a lot to what Donald Trump Certainly. did, you know, because Donald Trump did take Nikki Haley to the UN gave Henry McMaster the chance to move into the governor's office. Mm-hmm. But that was also a, you know, big pat on the back from Donald Trump to Henry McMaster because Henry McMaster as then lieutenant governor was the first elected official in America to endorse Donald Trump, which is which is wild to think about. But I want to get to this one point because Nikki Haley a couple months ago, a couple years ago too. Uh at one point told uh the Associated Press uh a writer whom we know for the Associated Press. Our dear friend Meg Kennard. She's, uh, she was a asked... A true journalist, by the way. Yes, she is. Yes. She was asked by Brett Baer about the this, this statement that she said that she would not run if Trump ran. Right. And so Brett Baer actually specifically asked her about that in an interview. We're going to play a portion of that interview from the interview that Nikki Haley did with Brett Baer that aired last night on Special Report said after the holidays that you would look at it, consider it, you would read the tea leaves in your words. Uh, We are in the new year. How are those tea leaves looking? Are you going to run for president? First look at, does the current situation push for new leadership? The second question is, am I that person that could be that new leader? You know, on the first question, you can look all across the board, domestic foreign policy, you can look at, you know, inflation, going up, economy shrinking, government getting bigger, you know, small business owners not being able to pay their rent, big businesses getting these these bailouts. All of these things warrant the fact that, yes, we need to go in a new direction. And can I be that leader? Yes, I think I can be that leader. Nikki Haley goes on to actually talk about yeah. the fact that she has never lost an election. She's never lost an election. Which is true. When She actually defeated the longest-serving member of the South Carolina House years ago to take over a state House seat that she kept for three terms. She took over for, for Larry Coon. Larry, Larry Coon. Coon. That's right. That's no, right. Representative Larry Coon out of I'm Lexington thinking of, County. I'm thinking of Representative Knotts, who was closer to my neck of the woods. Yeah. Right. Um, she also was asked about the whole Trump thing, and she said it's bigger than one person. And when you're looking at the future of America, I think it's time for new generational change. I don't think you need to be 80 years old to be a leader in D.C., I think we need a younger generation, a young generation to come in, step up, and really start fixing things. Is she already is she already flanking what she believes the Democrats are, are going to do? And and if you listen to Matt Gates or Laura Ingram last night on Fox News, oh, yeah. already doing yeah. by trying to outflank Joe Biden with a younger Gavin Newsom. A young a young hip Kendall Gavin Newsom. Don't talk about Kendall today. For those of you who do listen to the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, we the do fastest ki- growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. That's too ding. All right. So in that particular case, we do talk about Kendall, the the, the governor of California, yes. quite a bit. Because let's just be honest, folks. He is probably one of the He's most icky. 
He is. <clears throat> He's one of the most liberal, most out there. If you want to do something absolutely, totally extreme, Gavin Newsom is your guy. And he is already, I mean, he is like banging at the door of the White House already. You, you, sh- you should see, he. Uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, I know we got to hit a break. Jo- President Joe Biden was in California. About the whole storm thing, yes, because he's doing his flyover, right? And right. and 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 he was asked a question about the documents, and you should see it. The, the shot is amazing. Gavin Newsom is standing in the background, just staring. Like if 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 looks could kill, Joe Biden. Well, never well, mind. at least Ron DeSantis when when Donald Trump went down to Florida, Ron DeSantis did stand behind him and smile. At least that sounds like a country song. When Trump went, went down, down to Florida, Florida. Uh, here we Settle go. Down. Don't, don't draw that. Don't draw well, that. Well, okay. I wasn't going there. So let's take a look at what Nikki Haley has done. I just want to take a look at the titles of her books. Okay, Tell if you want to understand, with, all due respect. With, with where Nikki Haley is, and we're going to go get a few more minutes before we get to break, and we're because we're going there soon. Her very first book came out in 2012 when she was doing her run for. Was that her first run for? That was her second run uh, for governor. Twenty twelve. Twelve was twenty twelve. Twenty twelve was her was at, was in the middle of her first term. So long Can't ago. Can't is not an option. Good was book. the title of her first book. The title of her second book. For all of you who are true Southerners who understand what Southern means, her title of her book is "With All Due Respect." I mean, she just stopped short of "Bless Your Heart." Bless yeah. your heart. That's that's the next book. That's, that's the sequel. The, the sequel should have been "Bless Your Heart." Her, her most book? recent book is this one. If if you want something done, dot, 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 dot. dot, dot. So if Call that Nikki does, Haley. If that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you want something done, dot, 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 Nikki R. Haley. <laughs> it literally, that's literally how the, says that on that's the cover. That's how the cover is, yeah. And, and she's running for president, She's y'all. running for president, and oh, that yeah. is an obvious thing that is, is going to be going on. It's fine. And cool. her being a South Carolina governor, being a South Carolina icon, in a first in the South primary where, with the exception of 2012, we have picked presidents— and pick presidential candidates in South Carolina, it's going to be a real test yeah. of both how strongly she plays in South Carolina. And how far removed are we from her uh, from her gubernatorial run to where people who, <clears throat> pardon me, might have had some hurt feelings over some of the things she did, we're far enough removed from that. Are Certainly. We? Sure. Well, it is Absolutely. As the electorate, not as the people in office, as the electorate. As the electorate, I think... I think the one thing that Nikki Haley did lack— She got moved six years ago. The thing that she did lack when she was in office was any sort of international experience in now her repertoire. Yeah, and, and now as, she's got it. After, after two years serving <clears throat> right. at the U.N., I think she's got that now. And she's got the executive experience. So right. if you like 30-second TV spots, pitching political candidates, and yard signs everywhere, get ready, ladies and gentlemen of South Carolina, because it's coming fast. The presidential primary is right around the corner. Good morning, everybody. It's 47 degrees right now here in the upstate of South Carolina. For those of you who are up in the mountains listening to us, you know it's always just a little bit cooler. It was uh, – so I drove up this morning. From Lexington? <laughs> yes. It was – I I, I, dre- I dressed for I dressed for Greenville weather. I dressed for a little bit of cold. Yes. Uh, it was fifty five in Columbia when I got out of my car here. It was forty whatever forty. It's, it's forty seven now, now, so it's probably forty five. Um, it yeah. I the drive was nice. I think the long. Fur- I think the further you get away from <laughs> Columbia, sometimes it gets a little bit cooler. Are you saying Famous. the further? Are you saying the further away from Columbia you are, the better it gets? I'm just saying. <laughs> famously well, hot. It was. It was so. Yesterday was Ooh, famously hot. Yesterday warm, in the South man. Carolina House of Representatives. Spicy. Ooh, yes. 
So yesterday ended the second week of this first term oh, of the legislative session. So man, time flies when you're having when you're having arguments back and forth. My it's word, it's fun. So for those of you who are familiar with what goes on, our general assembly meets twice during a two-year session, from the second or sorry, the first to second Tuesday in January mm-hmm. to the third Thursday in May. Okay, so. 18 weeks. Three days a week. Three days a week. That's how many days, Dave? 54 54 days. days. So in those 54 days, they try to get as much done as possible. They have to pass a budget. They have to pass laws. And so for the last six days, we've had some pomp and circumstance. We had, you know, the first day back for the legislature is like the first day back to school. Everybody, hey, it's so great to see you. It's so great to see you. And then the next day was inauguration. Oh, big party, big party. And then it was... Oh. We spent too much time on parties, and we spent too much time on pomp and circumstance. We need to get to work. And so what have they done for the last three days? Get, get, get to they, work? They've argued work. over what rules they're going to follow while they're actually <laughs> down there doing the work that needs to be done. Here's here's what's interesting. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff about Republican caucus rules, and I don't want to get into the merits of them, truthfully, I uh, because— if I can be quite honest with you, and I mean this in the nicest way possible, <clears throat> sometimes yes. they don't really matter. Um, so pe- because people either don't follow them or— Right, and okay. people are allowed to get upset. You can say whatever you want rules to. Is the, rules, the rules is right? rules, Rules is rules. But the big rule here, uh, Representative Davey Hyatt, majority leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, new, of, new majority, majority leader. leader. Out of Pickens. Out of Pickens. Yep. Uh, posted the rules of the South Carolina House Republican Caucus. And here's number 16. I had to go deep. Members shall treat all caucus members in a respectful manner with proper decorum at camp at almost at campus at caucus meetings and events. No member of the caucus shall engage in campaign activities of any kind against any other caucus member in good standing. That is what ruffled the feathers of a lot of folks in that chamber during the mid during the 2022 elections is they felt like they were getting campaigned against well, on the be, campaign trail. So there are a couple of members who are in the legislature who also do political consulting. Right. No particular names are going to be named today. No, none. But there are members of the General Assembly who do cam, uh, campaign consulting right. as their job. And that's their right. That's their livelihood. That's what they do. But, but. they also ran campaigns against other sitting members of the Republican caucus. Right. Members in good standing. Yes. So when we begin to look at this, and I don't know if Rule 16, this new rule, is I, a is is new. I don't know. I I don't know if it was in there previously, but it is in there now because the the Republican the the majority leadership started taking a look at everything and right. going, you know, something's something's going on here, and we don't really need to be running against our colleagues, right, at any given point in time. Now. What's happening? What's happening <laughs> inside the House Republican Caucus, and what's spoiled, spilled over to the floor now, is you have the House, you have the Freedom Caucus, the South Carolina Freedom Caucus. About twenty members of the hundred and twenty-four of the eighty-eight Republicans. These are twenty of these members. That's a sizable block. That's a big chunk. Yes. That's a big chunk. And so, whether you agree with what they do or not, that's neither here nor there for this conversation. The point is, in my humble opinion. I believe that has ruffled the feathers 
of a lot of Republicans inside that chamber who feel like this group is a block of getting things done. They're blocking what we need to get done. Specifically, yesterday, Representative Adam Morgan, who is the chairman of the South Carolina House Freedom Caucus. Hearing from here in Greenville. Correct. Mm -hmm. He was on the floor, excuse me, putting forward an amendment. To these rules. To, no, 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 no. To, to, to ARPA, ARPA, ARPA funding. funding. ARPA funding. Mm-hmm. So this is federal funding. Yes. yes. Right. Where and, and, and he describes what his amendment is. The gist basically was that no member of the General Assembly could receive those funds in any way that would be inappropriate. <clears throat> or their family unethical, member. Their family members and so on. Which that makes perfect Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Because you do not want politicians dipping into the funds that they're responsible for appropriating. Right. Correct. Or family members for that. Correct. School, long, boards, school boards in Richland County have had a problem with and, that. And that we'll was through that in the next contractual hour. relationships, that sort of thing. The long and the short of it is the he proposed two amendments. The first one died a miserable death. The second one was voted on, I think, and passed, I think, unanimously or nearly unanimously. Correct. So that, that amendment did pass. For those that say that the legislature did not vote to uh, keep from lining their own pockets. That's not true. They did vote against receiving ARPA funds uh, personally or even as family members. Uh, and you can go through the calendar, the calendar, secstatehouse.org, gov, gov. gov. You can go to palmettofamily.org, uh, but you can go to secstatehouse.gov to read the calendar of the journal to find out how the vote went. And so Adam Moore, Representative Morgan is on the floor. He then... Uh, Representative Micah Caskey of Lexington, specifically the Springdale area, if you're familiar, rises to ask a question. And that's where things went a little sideways. Famously. Speaker, Mr. Morgan, I, I appreciate the eloquence with which you delivered us that civics lesson. I'm hopeful, though, that you can also help me understand how is it that we pass legislation here? What's the voting threshold that you need to be successful in adopting an amendment? The majority of the body. So 124 divided by 2 plus 1, right? 64? How many people did you talk to in advance of this legislation before we got here today? Uh, Quite a number of people. Mr. Cassidy, Mr. Cassidy, before we get into some kind of odd debate that really might be uh, better. I think we're there. Outside of it. Well, I, I, what I mean is, before we get into back into the, before we get back into the personality stuff that we might be heading down. Well, I'm just at um, the math, I, Mr. I'm Mr. a legislator Morgan. and you are a legislator. We have every Correct. ability to put amendments up. I, I'm not aware of any time, in fact, I'll say, I'm not aware of most amendments that get run by me or every member of this chamber. This, this, is, this is how it regularly and should operate. You can read, you've seen it, you can all read. I don't have to run by and get your, think about what we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen. The assertion that we have to get permission to post amendments well, on Mr. the Morgan. floor. Mr. Morgan, I I want to interrupt you to ask you. You you offer an opportunity to ask you a question, and I want to get to that because you've now put words into my mouth that don't belong there. Because what I'm Mr. Morgan, suspend. Mr. Caskey, we're going to ask one question at a time. Mr. Morgan has the floor. Mr. Caskey's asking a question, so we're not going to get into this, and so let's be respectful of each other. You're not going to talk over one another. Ooh. Wow. Let's I haven't seen fireworks like that since the Benghazi hearing. <laughs> Whoa. So uh, give it get it give it to Adam Morgan from, you know, representative here in Greenville County. He was up there trying to present an amendment to a bill, and it is the right of every member of the General Assembly 
if they want to make an amendment to the bill, they can make an amendment to the bill. They can put that information out there. It gets posted up on the screen. But he's right. It is a cattle call in that room sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all sat in that chamber. We've all sat up in the gallery or been in there. And and you, it is a constant going back and forth. And you've got to sit down and you've got to pay attention. I was sitting in the gallery yesterday and I was texting back and forth with you and and Justin and several other members on the floor. And, and there were, it was contentious. There were some sidebar arguments or, or let's just say conversations. There, right. was, there were some uh, conversations at desks. Uh, voices may have been raised a little bit more. And... and a lot of people are looking at this and saying, we need this sort of thing. We need the spirited debate. Of course, we need to follow the rules and decorum of the state House of Representatives. And as Speaker Smith said, we need to do one question at a time, and we need to make sure that we're not talking over one another, that sort of it, thing. This goes back to the everything I learned I learned in kindergarten. Uh, well, I was going to say it's like the middle school lunchroom. So who's the line leader? Uh well, that's up for debate, uh, which is exactly <laughs> it was Mrs. what Mrs. Carnes at Mitchell Road <laughs> Elementary School here in Greenville. So as we work through this, a lot of people love to see the the fireworks, not for the sake of incendiary moments, but so that good, substantive, healthy debate takes place. And they, I saw both Representative Caskey and Representative Morgan afterwards, and they even both said, we are friends with one another. This is not a personal issue. That's the problem. A lot of, time it, it, a lot of times it becomes personal. I didn't, I, I, there, was a, there was a moment where it could have gotten personal yesterday, I don't know that it ever got to the point where it was, I don't like you anymore. It was, this is my issue. This is your issue. They are opposed to one another, and we need to work this out. And that's important. That is extremely important to happen under the Copper Dome in Columbia. At the bare brass tacks of this, it it's very much like um, professional wrestling in like the 80s where they go out and they fight each other, quote unquote, and then they go out and enjoy a beverage. Uh, that's pretty much it. They're friends. I mean, yeah. you're gonna. Uh, this is the kind of thing that yesterday that I was saying we disagree on something. Yeah, right. But these are the things that we can argue amongst ourselves and reach a conclusion. And so it goes back to you know we talked about this with with the Kevin McCarthy, you know the 15 votes yes. it took to yes. get Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House in Washington D.C. Is there something really wrong? With having a drawn-out process that takes some time to bring negotiation, to bring people to a table, to let issues be known. I don't see, really, in the, in the realm of politics, I would much rather see the discussion happening publicly than to sit here and go, all of this is happening behind the scenes, and we really don't know where somebody's going. It's true. We're with uh, Palmetto Family. It is really great to be with all of you today. What you're getting today here on the air is what you can find twice a week on the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, the fastest-growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. We are really grateful for the chance to be able to be up here for Dr. Tony Beam, who is in our nation's capital for the Right to Life March, March for Life, happening today. In Washington, D.C. I don't know if he's ever going to hear this, uh, but I just want to tell you. He may be watching. Good morning, Tony. So if you are, close your ears for just a second. You don't know. If you're listening to us right now and you listen to Dr. Tony Beam every morning, you do not know how blessed you are. Oh, yeah. The privilege that you have to listen to one of America's leading voices on what it means to have a Christian and biblical worldview right here in the upstate, God's country. Go Tigers of South Carolina. Seriously, I had to slip it no. in somewhere. We'll stop there. And I know Tony is a Doctor Beam is a Gamecock, but hey, you know 
I'm in God's country. I, I'm wearing orange socks today. Go Tigers. Again, you're all the way. Let me go back. Let, let's just say you are stuck in the middle between two game games. But I'm going to stop love, that part yeah. of the sports analogy. Go back. Today. Go back to you are blessed to have Dr. Tony Beam every single morning here on this radio, except show. for the times when he's gone and you're stuck with, <laughs> and us. and then you're right. stuck with me in the middle. Yeah. So, I but but kudos on a little bit of Steelers wheel there. Kudos on that. That was good. Love love a little stuck in the middle. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get. I teased this before the break, and I want to get to it. Um, if you've missed it, Ivan Provorov, a player, I don't know what position, because I don't know hockey positions, but he's he, a plays, forward, I he think. plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. He's a defenseman. They're, is in, he Philadelphia, a defenseman? they're yes, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Their mascot is Gritty. Um, now, they had an LGBTQIA plus minus division sign ampersand uh, Hashtag two. pride event. Uh, at a game now, plenty of plenty of teams have done this recently um, in Major League Baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays changed their logos to be rainbow, and five of their players said, "Nope, not going to do it." And that died out pretty quick. It's because Nothing of the Noahic Covenant, right? Yes. Okay. They're, yes. they're celebrating the yes. They're celebrating, they're celebrating the, the, the fact the, that God is not going to destroy the earth by flood anymore. Correct. Uh, fire except, maybe. Except fire. Yeah. well, fire definitely. definitely. Yes. Sorry. Actually, fire definitely. definitely. No, maybe to that. Um, now. The big thing is, this happens in most sports contexts now. I mean, m- most teams do this. Uh, my, your, our Atlanta Braves don't do it, I don't think. Um, they don't, I don't think they have a night. I don't think they have a night. I haven't seen a night. I know the Mets did, and it explains everything. Uh, but, <laughs> but the Philadelphia Flyers did, and defenseman Ivan Provorov completely skipped the pregame festivities. Now, they had rainbow sticks and rainbow jerseys. He didn't come on the floor. He didn't go on the ice at all. He stayed out of the way. They asked him after the game why he did that, and he said, I respect everyone. I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. But that doesn't sit well with with with. Oh, you're going these where people. I was going. Yeah, because this guy, because I'm not even, crazy. I'm not even giving these people the time of day of giving them the audio because I'm just going to read to you what EJ they say. EJ Hradek, an NHL network analyst. What did he say? Oh, you you, you want this I have one? A different one. Oh, this is good. He gets on the NHL network yesterday, and he's and and, and I'm sure he's some hockey star. No one knows his name. I'm I'm probably pronouncing it incorrectly. He says. Ivan Provorov can get on. These people are so tolerant. This is the very definition of the tolerance they want you you to succumb to. Ivan Provorov can get on a plane any day he wants to and go back to the place where he feels more comfortable. Take less money and get on with his life that way if that's problematic for him. Well, so tolerant. He says that. Then uh, Sid... Sid Cicero on this is Canadian television, we're so miss, no one's watching. We're messing up all their names. Breakfast television is sorry. what it's called. Yes. Yeah, very sorry. Uh, quote, the theme from the National Hockey League is that hockey is for everyone, okay? The theme isn't hockey is for everyone, dot, 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 unless you don't believe in gay rights. This isn't about believing in gay rights. This is about not agreeing with something that, that my deeply held religious belief says is wrong. 
And then he goes on. If the National Hockey League is going to do this, if any league is going to do this, do it properly or reevaluate what you're doing because there's not a lot of repercussions that I'm seeing from the league. He goes further. The National Hockey League needs to attack this. Ooh. And figure this out because what I heard last night was offensive. I respect everyone. I respect everybody's choices, but I have to stay true to myself and true to my religion. Now, I'm told if I'm on the other side of this issue, I need to be true to myself because my I need my true colors to start shining through. True right. colors because that's why everyone loves you. All right, Joe Biden. And nothing, quote, this is my favorite. Nothing scares me more Ooh. than any human being who says, I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs. Well, you need to go to a haunted house or something because that's the least scary thing in the world. Not to attack uh, or to quote uh, someone very, very familiar to Justin and I, but if you are a homophobe, I will attack you with my race or my 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 rainbow flag. Yeah. That's exactly what they're doing. here. Yeah. They are coming after us and the NHL is for everyone. Dot dot dot. Very cute use of an ellipsis, but I'd like to insert a parenthetical there, except for Christians, and that's the culture that you and I are living in. It's for everyone except for if you're listening to this and you're a believer in Jesus. You, you. Yeah, that would be you. that's you. So Marcus Hayes, he's a sports columnist for the Philadelphia Inquirer. On this issue, he wrote, "There will be some who will equate." that asking Ivan Provorov to skate in a Pride-themed jersey Tuesday night was like forcing him to kneel during the national anthem back in 2016. Not the same thing. That's ridiculous, of course, he says. Kneeling protested systematic racism aimed at black men in the criminal justice system of the United States. Meanwhile, warming up in a jersey with the rainbow numbers and nameplates simply supported the rights of LGBTQ plus people all over the world to exist without persecution. For anyone, that's pretty simple. So let's not complicate the issue. Provorov refused to warm up Tuesday night against Anaheim because he does not support the right of LGBTQ people to even exist. And that's not true. This is this whole thing. You're canceling my existence. No, no. I'm not. You exist. And, 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 and guess what? I'll go one step further. You exist, and God loves you. Exactly. Jesus, Jesus loves you very much. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, but the point is, here's, here's another one. Uh, but Provorov obviously does not respect everyone, says Pierre Lebrun. If he did respect everyone, he would have taken part in warm-up and worn the Pride Night jersey. Don't hide behind religion. Uh, we have Beverly, who's joining us. Beverly, I hope you're not uh, going to be accused of hiding behind your religion, although I, I think I am at this point. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the, the, the one thing that struck me as odd, and I'm by no means a hockey fan, but now I'm a, a big fan of this young man who came out. He was very well composed. He wasn't angry. He made a statement. And the first thing a reporter screamed to him is, what is your religion? Well, it doesn't matter. He said that was his belief, and he has the right to believe it. He, was, he, he handled the situation wonderfully. But for he this did. reporter to holler out, what is your religion, what difference does it make? And nobody seems to be criticizing the fact that a reporter would ask that's, someone that. That's, that's, that's a great that's point. point, Beverly. Excellent point, Beverly. That, that's a great point. So it, it was very disturbing. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. It was, Beverly. I appreciate you you taking the time to, to talk with us this morning. I will say, Beverly, that it actually that it actually did matter. 
and I got to be careful where I go with this. Okay. They asked him what is religion. Do you think, gentlemen? There's not Christians aren't the only ones who disagree with with homosexuality and believe it is sinful. There are, there are others that do. What are those others? Uh, let's see. The the Muslims actually are they they actually go a little bit further in in Muslim countries. Most yes. mono, in most Muslim most countries, monotheistic, monotheistic uh, right. most uh, Orthodox Jewish people, uh, Hebrew people, um, and mm-hmm. then most. Uh, Muslims and Mu- then mo- uh, under Muslim law, yeah. Muslim, the Sharia, Sharia law, yeah. Sharia law, uh, homosexuality is against Sharia law and it is punishable by death. Now, so what? so I go so I go to my point. Right. What if instead of saying I'm Russian Orthodox, he said I'm Muslim? Would we have this kind of outcry? Which I I want to and if you've ever listened to our podcast, you've probably heard me say this. Uh, Palmetto family. Matters podcast, you've probably heard me say this, and I used a word a minute ago, and some might find it mildly offensive, the word homophobic. Like, we're afraid of those who would choose a quote-unquote alternative alternative lifestyle. Let me just say this. I, I'm not homophobic. I'm theophobic. I fear God. Oh, well done. I, That's I, nice. I, I, I mean, Proverbs 1-7 is still—I'm going to start preaching in just a second. I am a recovering Baptist preacher, so uh, forgive me for just a second— uh, the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. And what we have missed, we I mean, the, the bus is gone for most of these people. And they're screaming and, wait, wait, wait. Listen, if we do not fear God, uh, my goodness, we are gone as a culture. It is time for us to restore, easy for you to say, a true, honest, absolute fear, reverence, respect for the one who made us and gave us I'm, I'm going to say something else on the airwaves. Good, healthy, biblical sexuality. We have got to get back to that place. And none of us here, if you're watching on Facebook, we're not homophobic. We are theophobic. We revere and respect the God who made us. And that's the place where you begin to look at how does the media respond to this? The media responds by turning this instead of... Hey, this is a person who is actually exercising their First Amendment right to a freedom of religion, mm-hmm. a freedom of speech. If you are watching on Facebook Live, <laughs> I apologize. There are the three of us in here kind of like dancing and shimmying to the you bumper music. That move, you could leave that I music like running it. for a while. Yeah. I lo- it's the like Bellamy Gary Brothers. always gives us. Uh, our producer's doing some great stuff with the bumpers Gary today. Miller gives it. us phenomenal music. The man... I, I, we said this legend. yesterday, you know, whenever I'm up here, Gary's bumper music is always like... Well, it's, 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 it's a different tip top. tone from yesterday. Tip top. Yesterday I had Carmen and Michael W. Smith, and I know. today I'm getting now I'm reliving the Bellamy it. Brothers. Yeah, I know. It's Fantastic Friday. Let us go through... We're, we were talking about this, this story that was coming out of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You had a, a hockey player who is Russian Orthodox yes. in mm-hmm. his beliefs, yes. refused... To go on for the warm up on the on the ice for Gay Pride Night because he was not going to wear a jersey that had his number and his name in rainbow stripes. Fair. Okay, fair. That's he has every right to do that. But then he gets asked by a reporter afterwards. He said, "I'm not doing this because of my religious beliefs." And then the reporter asks the question. What was the question? What is your religion? Oh. Question mark. Exclamation point. And so, you know, as we talked about just before the break, you know, it, he could have been any form of Christianity. He could have been, he could be 
Orthodox, Orthodox Jew. Jew. He could be Muslim because all of those in the canon of their beliefs call homosexuality a sin. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So from his standpoint, he's asking himself the question, do I have the ability to freely exercise my freedom of speech to say, I am not going to participate in this. It's very ironic. Our media continues to turn against the Christian faith, trying their best to pigeonhole Christians into this woke uh, chamber of silence. You're being marginalized. Right. That's the point. Absolutely. But let me just remind you, because I had an opportunity a few Uh, weeks ago to do an interview with a reporter from NPR, and she kept trying to pigeonhole on (laughs) on the issue of religion. I said, let me remind you of one simple fact. Let's just go back to the very First Amendment of the Constitution, all right? Here's what's outlined. Let me read for you the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights that we as Americans have. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion— or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of people to peaceably assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That seems rather opaque. Just, I'm just saying. It's hard or to comprehend. A, a, maybe not even opaque, just antiquated. It's outdated. It's out- That's so yesterday. But I, I find it the very same amendment that those reporters will stake their entire career on, the freedom of press, the freedom of the press, comes forth in the list of freedoms in the First Amendment that are outlined there. You have the freedom of religion, the freedom of free exercise of that religion, the freedom of speech outlined first before you get to the freedom of the press. And when the press wants to turn around and (laughs) silence your freedom of speech on a particular issue— that is the most disingenuous, as a recovering journalist, that is the most disingenuous thing that any reporter could possibly do because they are undercutting the very exact amendment to the United States Constitution that gives them the right to do their jobs. We believe in the free marketplace of ideas. Not necessarily that all truth claims are equal, no, but that the marketplace proves out that ideas are either right or wrong. I love being a happy warrior. When we're down at the State House or around the state of South Carolina and Greenville and Varnville and Blacksburg and and, uh, all, all the burgs and bills in South Carolina, we see these things and we just say, you know, we can, with a smile on our face, Justin, we can say, you know what, this is South Carolina, this is America, and everyone has the right to be wrong. You can be wrong and that's okay. And and I can be wrong and that's okay. And we can have this exchange of ideas. But what's happening now is your voice as a Christian, Justin, you can't talk. Because I'm an intolerant bigot. I know. It's well, yeah. well, <laughs> well, and that it is very interesting because in, in light of what we do on mm-hmm. the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, what we do when it comes to talking about the issues, why they matter, what the Bible says about them, and what you can do about them, which is what we are totally about at Palmetto Family. You can learn more at palmettofamily.org. We get called 
a number of adjectives before what we are. I'm putting oh, we're them now on a resume. We're now a domestic hate group. We're no longer a domestic terrorist organization. We're just domestic. Same person is coming back now and saying we're just a domestic hate we're, group. He wears a we're we're white, Christo, fascist. No, 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 no. We're, we're just not. a domestic hate group now. Oh. He's lowered us. Oh, oh really? We're, Apparently we're getting too liberal. We're not as dangerous as we used to be. We need to brush up on our skills. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we need to talk about the truth a Get little Jason bit more. Jason Bourne back in here. Uh-oh. Uh, what I will say as we wrap up the, the first hour and the Ivan Provorov story is just understand these are going to become more and more common, as they already have been. I think the important thing is we need to remember what our reaction is. Yes. We cannot, even though it's pretty routine now, we can't accept it as routine. We can't accept the marginalization as routine. If we do... We're going to lose even more. We really have to be willing to turn around and say, listen, we're not going to play. I'm not willing to play canceled culture on either side of this (laughs) issue. If you have an issue, you want to talk about it just like what we talked about and we saw on the House floor. If you have an issue and you want to talk about it, guess what? You need to have the freedom to be able to do that because the marketplace of ideas will always win.